0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I hope you all are having a great week so far. I've just been kind of cozy over here. It's starting to really cool down where I live. So I've just been totally embracing the season and making soups and all of the warm cozy meals, it's just been absolutely amazing, but we've still been getting a lot of sun here, so I've been going outside and soaking up as much sun as possible before winter really sets in, so everything's going great over here on my end, and I hope the same for you, and We have a really great episode for you to tune into this week. So we actually, for I believe, no, we've actually had two guests on before. So I think this is our second time doing this where we actually have three of us on the show. So this week you get to hear from myself as well as our two guests, Blaze Bell and Jordan Reistrom, Blaze and I go way back, not years and years, but we've been connected and Instagram friends for a few years now, and I just absolutely adore Blaze, and we have my new friend, Jordan Rystrom, also on the show this week, her and Blaze, so the two of them have partnered up And have created this really unique recovery program for anyone struggling with addiction. So, Jordan and Blaze both have experience with alcohol and drug addiction so they are really passionate about helping women overcome these types of addiction and experience true freedom within their life through their sober and sovereign program i absolutely love what these two are doing and we have a pretty awesome chat this week. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes. I could have just kept chatting with these two for hours, so we have a solid episode ahead. I think this we chat for like 50 minutes or so, so I just want you to cozy up and listen to this episode and enjoy it. And also just know that full freedom and full recovery is absolutely possible for you. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have both of you on with me this week. It's like a party on Zoom right now. I love it and I just have to share this with everyone because they can't see us right now but Jordan you have this beautiful change is good like poster collage or
1: something like did you make that it's behind you on your wall it's beautiful it's actually thank you it's a collage that my friend made back when I lived in Los Angeles and we all shared this home that we called the Conscious Co-Creator's Castle. And when it came time for the owner to sell the house, we were all so sad that we had to leave this, this Mecca, this paradise that we had built with fruit trees and trampolines and avocados. And it was gorgeous. And so I was the saddest of of everyone that had to leave. And so one of the girls that we lived with, she made this collage for me and she handed it to me as we were moving out. And she was like, Jordan, change is good. Change is good. You've got this. And so I always hold that with me.
0: Wow. Well, it is beautiful. And I know most of our listeners need that reminder as well. I think we all go through periods of time where we are resisting change, so yeah, when you logged on Zoom, I was like, wow, I really love that. (laughs) So I am really excited to be sitting down with both of you this week to chat and get to know you all better, share you with our audience, and also how you are helping the world in your unique way, because you've created something that really isn't being offered. So before we dive into that, why don't we get started? Blaze, you and I have connected years ago. I don't even really know how that happened, like Instagram maybe. I don't know. That's usually how I meet people. So if you want to get us started and just say hello to everyone, introduce yourself, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm Blaze Bell and Meg, we met Well, I heard you on a podcast years ago and then started following you and just being obsessed fangirl. And then we've been able to connect in a lot of ways since then. So this is really fun. Uh, I live in Alaska and I, as Jordan has called me, am a justice warrior. (laughs) So I do a lot of work for victims' rights and a lot of work with sexual assault survivors um, here in Alaska. And then I also have a coaching business and, and I've worked as a singer professionally for about a decade. So that's another other part of my life. And I'm also in recovery just celebrated 10 years. Free of alcohol, drugs, and an eating disorder, and and that's another way I've connected with you, Meg. Is you share so many amazing things about food and disordered eating and how to heal, and I really, really appreciate that work. So you've been a part of my healing too. So I'm <gasps> oh my to be gosh! Here. I got
0: the chills. Ten years. Congrats. Ten. That's incredible. Thank you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. That's so amazing. And everyone, she has. amazing voice. I think you posted a video a while (laughs) back and I was just blown away. So yeah. And I'm like really just admiring your hair too, (laughs) Blaze. I love it so much. (laughs) I, I recently posted on Instagram this picture of a haircut that I really like and it's quite short and everyone like I had hundreds of people saying yeah like chop your hair off and it looks quite similar to yours so when you hopped on zoom today I was like damn that looks good
2: <laughs> you know it feels good the new short fresh cut it's a whole new vibe is it you new have to do it yeah I it just it's like yeah. a week, week or so
1: <laughs> I love it thank
2: you like yeah. it so much
1: and this is crazy because I also have had the calling to cut my hair. I just told Blaze about it the other day. And then you just said that now. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe is conspiring for us all. It to needs get to happen. <laughs> a haircut changes good, right?
0: <laughs> Change is good. I know. How long have you had long hair, Jordan?
1: Since fourth grade.
0: Okay. So it is a comfort so, thing for
1: you, too, right? So this has been, yeah, I mean, I get like the occasional trim like once a year, but it's like, yeah, this, I have had long hair for so long, (laughs) literally (laughs) pun intended. Um, And it has been a part of my journey, but I've also held to it like stubbornly, you know, like I have to have long hair to be enough or to be pretty or to be good, or I don't know, whatever those subconscious beauty standards are. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, like our hair also holds, all of our trauma and our coding and our like, every time we have an emotion, even it goes into the hair follicles. Right. And so our hair also holds so much wisdom, but also again, trauma and stuff. So I feel like it's time for me to get a fresh new beginning, a fresh new cut And I don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. I'm going to do it for myself.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to see this cut. But yeah, I definitely do feel like the universe is working (laughs) for us to just go and do it and commit to some change. So now that everyone is kind of up to speed on your hair story, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone so they can get to know you better, too?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, my name is Jordan Rystrom. and um, what what Blaze? What do you say about us that we're like the same person but different hair colors or something?
2: <laughs> so, so similar, so and similar.
1: We're very similar in what we do. So basically, Blaze's introduction. Is similar to mine. Um, I'm also a singer-songwriter. Um, that is, I've been professionally performing um, in musicals and theater since I was a child. Um, I attended Berkeley College of Music in Boston, studied vocal performance, songwriting, music therapy, um, and then moved to LA to live the Hollywood dream and also fall into the depths of addiction and self-sabotage. And mm. so I came out on the other side of that. November 1st is actually my sober date. And at the time of this recording, I think that's like five days from now. So I will be celebrating six years sober very shortly. (laughs) And I have built, since getting sober, I have built an entire business all around Awaken the Glow. And so that's the name of my business, Awaken the Glow. And it's coaching hypnotherapy, advanced subconscious reprogramming, tapping, um, just any energy work. It's like any way that we can help you get free and empowered and help you awaken that glow that's inside of you. That's what I do. And so between the healing, the coaching and the music, and then of course, having fun with blaze and all of our co-creations, you know, I'm just here to create and to share my story and to be a force for change and a force for good.
0: And I feel that energy coming from you as well. And big body chills again when you were talking about being six years sober on November 1st. Yeah. Wow. I'm so proud of you as well. That's incredible. Now that we have heard from both of you, I would love to hear how both of you got connected since you are so similar. So, how did you two meet? <laughs> And joined well, forces.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, similar to you and I, it was an Instagram connection. I still don't know how we first found each other, but yeah. started to slowly follow and um, really connect on all these different levels and all these different things we had in common. And during the pandemic, I decided I wanted to do like the deepest level of healing I'd ever done. And I've done a lot over the past decade and I was ready for going even deeper. And so I reached out to Jordan and I ended up hiring her as a one-on-one coach and it was such an incredible transformative experience. And we did hypnotherapy every week. I mean, and sometimes we were talking like every day and boxer and Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it was just such a mutually like energetic, amazing magnetic connection. And I mean, we did a past life regression, like on and on. It was incredible. And it was for a good, like, I want to say five months straight or something, and it was through quarantine. And so I had all this time and space to really integrate and really do this big healing. And so that was just such a massive experience. And throughout the process, we became really good friends. And we also discovered you know, that we both were sober and we both had a similar feelings about some of the different programs that exist for recovery and we both wanted to create something new. So we decided to join forces on that and birth this new kind of recovery program that we feel can really, really help people heal in deeper and new and different ways.
0: Incredible. So I'm curious, what is it like about current recovery programs that you feel like is maybe lacking with those?
1: Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, there's so many different programs out there, and every program says this is the only way. Or I mean, they don't necessarily say that. Some do totally, um, but they're like, this is the only way. And it's almost like it feels like you're back in like religion class again, or you're stuck in a church where you're like, this is the only way. Um, and it just didn't totally resonate, um, especially with, um, for example, like a twelve-step program. I I mean, I know Blaze and I both got like sober initially in a 12-step program, which is amazing. And especially for someone new to recovery, it's a very regimented, literally step-by-step program that helps you rediscover who you are and uncover all, you know, all the the BS, right? All the stuff that that we've taken on that's caused us to want to numb, to fall into the addiction in the first place. And so... It, at a point though, we found that there's a point where it's like you've done that work and it feels amazing but then it's like okay, where's the next level? what do you do next? Um, oftentimes I, I find that people just stay in that program and there's like there's a certain frequency to it that again is not I'm not saying bad good there's it's not a like level but there's a certain frequency to it where it's like you have to keep coming back or else, you're going to fall and you're going to, you know, they say jails, institutions are death, really. And so it's almost like you feel shameful. I know I felt a lot of shame that I wanted to leave because it got to a point of diminishing returns where I was like, okay, this isn't serving me anymore. It was serving me for a long time and I'm so grateful for it, but there's a point where it wasn't serving me anymore. And I would leave meetings feeling more drained because I was, after doing all the healing work, I had become this space holder for so many people, but you know, it just, it wasn't energetically aligned anymore. And then it got to the point of where it's like, oh, if I'm not going anymore, you know, there was just, it's, it's such a weird dynamic. Blaze, do you want to share any more on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with all of that. And I think there is a place and for some people, those 12 step programs are exactly what they want and need. And that is beautiful. But I've met so many people over the years who will never step foot in one of those rooms. I think it's, they would say, no, that's Jesus freaks. They're going to make me hug. They, sometimes there's religious parts and they're totally turned off by that, but they still want help. They still want to heal and get healthier but they don't know where to turn. So I I also like getting rid of that excuse of like, well, if that's the only option, I guess I'll just keep drinking because I'm not going to do that. It's like, no, no, there's other options. There's all kinds of literature out there too, books about how to get sober when you don't have a higher power. If you're an atheist, you're agnostic, you know, there's, there's more out there. And so one of the things too that Jordan and I both agreed on was like, saying i am an addict like every time you go to a meeting it's my name's blaze and i'm an alcoholic and that became very unaligned for me because as we know like there's so much power in what you say after i am mm-hmm. and i am not an addict i am this sovereign being i am this human alien you know woman and i get to decide how my behaviors are and how like life is going to play out so that was kind of You know, I was like, no, well, no wonder so many people are sitting around obsessing about alcohol Mm -hmm. or drugs, because that's all they're telling themselves. I am this. And if I stop coming here, I'm going to relapse and die, or I'm going to relapse and be so ashamed. And that was another thing we felt was like, we need to get rid of that shame and judgment. I've relapsed, you know, but I have had this 10 years. There was probably five years before that, where I relapsed a whole bunch of times and that didn't erase every seed that had been planted or everything I'd learned or every moment I'd grown. So, you know, we really are taking that shame away as well and saying, it's okay. Show up where you're at. You want to try being sober, curious for a month, show up and do this healing work with us. Like there's, there's so many options and so many ways to grow. So but and we could talk about it all
0: day. <laughs> yeah, I love all of that. Um, and it honestly reminded me in ways so much of my recovery journey with an eating disorder. You know, for mm-hmm. so many years, I was, well, I I am recovered from an eating disorder or I had an eating disorder, but I'm recovered now. Right. And that started to become such an identity for me. Right. That I was this girl that had an eating disorder once, but now I don't, but I had it. So it was kind of like making me live a certain way. Right. It was like, well, I had an eating disorder at some point. So now I don't do these things because that can trigger me. But Mm -hmm. once I released that identity now I can like go to a doctor's office and I know this isn't for everyone but now because I no longer hold on to well I had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. I can go to a doctor's office and like step on the scale and not be triggered by it because I'm like well that it just doesn't trigger me anymore right but when I was holding on to that identity Mm -hmm. it did right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Absolutely. And I love that. That's like taking it one layer even deeper. You know, it's like how, yeah, I wonder how, how easy it could be to just lift that entire constructed identity off of us and see what's underneath, which is our pure, innocent, true, authentic selves. Right. Because at some point I wasn't drinking. I mean, I honestly didn't even drink till I was like 18. I did it once. And then I started when I was like 22. That's when I got into like my full-fledged addiction. But it's like, at some point we weren't doing that. At some point there wasn't the disordered eating, right? So what if we could, yeah, take that hat off or whatever we've been wearing to make ourselves get addicted to the trauma or the drama or whatever that chaos is that keeps us subconsciously held down and back and again in that guilt shame blame self-punishment cycle and what if we could step out of that completely into a whole new paradigm of just freedom
0: yes and I know so many women listening want that freedom I work you know we're talking about being sober or sober curious I pretty much work with women who have had eating disorders in the past or struggling with disordered eating that sort of thing and freedom is you know just that common thing that we all want so before we kind of move into how you two are supporting people in like a different way I want to talk about when we know something is no longer serving us And being able to make that decision to kind of step away from that, because you brought that up, Jordan, like you were doing the 12 step program and you said it was serving you. It has Mm -hmm. like really impacted you in a really beneficial way, but it got to this point where you were like, huh, this just isn't serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that would be a really good topic because I think that's something that you know, needs to be talked about. How do we know when something just isn't serving us anymore? And then how do we kind of make that next step to do Mm -hmm. something different?
2: Mm -hmm. That's That's a great question. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's that's kind of a heavy question, I feel, because I think with drugs and alcohol, I was not in touch with my feelings. I wasn't in touch with my truth. I couldn't tell you what was aligned with me because I wasn't being the truest version of me. I was so numb and so out of control. And uh, so I think that initial step of getting clean, getting sober, I think that can come in a lot of different ways. I don't think it, you know, it's not like this just isn't working out anymore. I better just stop. You know, it's not It's not that simple usually. Um, Jordan and I have talked about like, we don't think you have to hit the most dramatic rock bottom to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are different levels of where that comes from. But for me, I was gonna lose, I had enough in my life that was important to me and I knew I was going to lose those things. And that I didn't wanna lose them. And so taking that step to quit was really painful. And the first six months to a year, were, I was uncomfortable 24-7. And I knew my brain wasn't working right because I kept making choices that were resulting in further bad choices. And now I no longer could blame people from my past for where I was at. Now I was creating new problems for myself day in and day out. And so my first commitment was to do the opposite of my first thought for as long as I needed to. And so I joined a women's only group and I, and I didn't have any female friends at the time. Uh, I didn't want to be distracted by men or, you know, go to any other patterns. And I didn't pretend to be happy. Like I had in the past, I went with my head hung low and not talking in a hoodie and my arms crossed. And I was like, this sucks. And this is going to be really painful for a while. But if I don't do this, I, I might die. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And, I don't want to lose the beautiful life I've created. And so for me it started there. I mean today in my life I can feel when I'm out of alignment almost instantly because I'm so I don't I'm not full of substances. I'm a very like clean clear vessel and I listen to my body. And so for me it's all about my gut. Like I get stomach pains, literal gut, physical pings when something's not in alignment with me. And that can be getting a text. Like this is what it happens a lot with the text for someone who's like, I'm going to make you a star. Like there's a, there was a producer that had a lot of these, like we'll do this, this, this. And he was such a big talker, but every time a text from him popped up, I would instantly get a stomach ache. And that's my sign that not necessarily that this person's evil, but definitely this is not an alignment for me right now. And then finding super graceful ways to say no a lot.
0: Amazing. Blaze, I have to ask because I usually tend to integrate human design on these podcasts, but do you know
2: your human design type? I know I'm a generator.
0: You are. So maybe you're yeah. a sacral generator then. <laughs> I am. Oh, well, that, mm-hmm. the stomach pings make sense then. I talk about human design a lot. And so if our listeners are any bit familiar of that, I know my clients will be, we always talk about human design in our sessions, but you know, having that sacral belly response mm-hmm. when something is not in alignment mm-hmm. for you and you're literally like describing that without even using the human design language, which is just so cool. And that's why I love introducing people to human design, because it's just so spot on all the time. Whereas I don't have sacral authority. So I'm just not going to feel that gut response. You know, it's what do you feel? What do you feel, man? I have splenic authority. So it's kind of like this. I get this like inner whisper, I call it. It's just like this. No or yes, like it's, mm. and it's very like quick and then it just is gone. So you kind of have to be really, you know, in tune and quiet and present with yourself, but yeah, it's so wild. Oh,
1: that's, that's so interesting. So cool. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. How about you? So I'm a manifesting generator okay. with a sacral authority um, four six. Yeah. So I, yeah, my story is a little different Well, actually a lot different from blazes. Mine, uh, the way I got sober was I literally just kept getting pokes kind of like what you're saying, the whispers first, it was a whisper from my guides. And this was back when I was like in the depths of my addiction to Adderall, I was popping like 20 pills every day, like on the verge of heart attacks, palpitations. Like I prayed to God at night that I wouldn't die. Um, so it was like, I I was intensely in my addiction But I kept getting like little pings saying, hey, take photos of this, document this time in your life, because you're going to need it someday for your book. You're going to need it someday for sharing this with the world to show people that they too can get through this, even the darkest nights of the soul. And so I would like document these things as I'm going through them, like my face being all like bloody and bleeding, like, like it looked like I was a meth addict because I mean, amphetamine basically is that. And I was like, my skin was just bleeding all the time. And so I was like, take photos like for a before and after essentially, which is so weird. But I just kept hearing this message of like, like document this time because you're gonna get over it. You're gonna be free very soon. And so what happened was I kept getting the pokes of like, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? And I knew I kept getting this this whisper again of like, there's so much waiting for you on the other side of this, but you just have to surrender. It's, it's your own free will. Like you literally just have to choose that you're done. And then there's cash and prizes and magic and miracles waiting for you on the other side. And so I kept hearing that message, like very clearly, probably the last, like, uh, like the last year really of my, of my addiction. Um, but very much so the last three months. Um, and then I lost a relationship, like the love of my life at the time. And like, things started getting way worse. <laughs> the blackout started getting worse. And, you know, cause I was drinking, I was doing all the things, anything that could get me out of my body until it was like, I had to be hit over the head with a two by four. And, and it was like, are you done yet? Like, we literally cannot make you, we don't, we're like doing these things, but we don't want to like, just, just decide, please decide. And I, Halloween night was literally like 2015 Halloween night. I went crazy on a haunted house trolley ride and realized when I woke up the next day that I didn't remember anything. And I decided that morning, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm actually done now. And that moment that I made the decision, and again, I know this isn't how everyone's story goes, this is like a very small percentage, but I made that decision. And from that moment on, I never craved a drink or a drug ever again.
0: Wow. Ever. Yeah, that is a small percentage of people, yeah. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but then I had this like volition, I had this like, this like glow, really awaken the glow. I mean, that's when my business was birthed and I immediately started studying Reiki and hypnotherapy and all of these different modalities because I was like, it was like, I went on the fast track to those, again, the cash surprises, the magic and miracles that my angels and my guides had told me we're going to be waiting there for me on the other side. And I was literally like led by these mentors that they're like, here, come under my wing. Oh, you don't have the money to pay for it. That's fine. You're meant to be a healer. Like it was so wild, the way wow. that thing aligned for me. And I, again, was doing the work in the program and I just, yeah, I just decided and I surrendered. And so like, that was it. It was like the art of surrender and just saying, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Take this from me. Like I'm I'm done. And I'm willing to do the work to heal.
0: So, Jordan, you were doing the 12-step program while also studying like all of these other healing modalities, too.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting.
1: And that's why when I would tell some of the people in the program, I'm studying hypnotherapy. I'm studying subconscious uh, reprogramming. It was almost like I felt an energy of like, hush, hush. Like that can't help heal people. You have to be in it. You have to be in the 12 step program. You know, so it, it felt really weird because I kept wanting to like share my gifts. And then I felt like I was getting shut down. Of like, that's not the way. This is the way. Stay in your lane with the way. And so that's when I started kind of to slowly but surely separate because i was like oh my gosh if people just realized that with some um tapping um and removing the stuck energy from our bodies and from doing some hypnosis like literally reprogramming the subconscious mind so that your brain is working for you and no longer against you we can unravel these traumas we can unravel these stories and we can get free and it's like, I'm like, here it is. We can get free. And they're like, I don't want to hear that. We're over here. We're over here. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that we, the three of us, are doing like similar work, but I'm more like, you know, helping people with eating disorders. And we're talking more so sober or sober, curious people. And we've been using that term a little bit throughout the show. So before we start to talk about specifically how both of you, are supporting people in their sober journey and getting sober through your program and your coaching, can we talk about what like being sober curious is? I know it's kind of like what it sounds like, but I think you could probably explain it a little bit more. And I think it also goes into a little bit about what you are saying, Blaze, that like you don't need to hit a rock bottom to choose To be Mm -hmm. sober. And I think that's really powerful too, because even with eating disorder recovery, right? We think we have to get to this like really, really bad place in order to get help. And Mm -hmm. same with alcohol or substances. You don't have to get to this really rock bottom, awful place to be like, I'm done with this and I wanna get sober.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to touch on real quick with the eating disorder because that went hand in hand with my addiction. And I was bulimic off and on for 10 years along with the drugs and alcohol. And when I got sober, I still was holding on really tight to my eating disorder. And it, at that point was like my best friend. It was my my one secret. I, mean, I think a lot of people knew, but you know, in my mind that was this thing and I just wasn't ready to let go. And it was about two months into, sobriety that my sponsor my mentor at the time she said okay if you're gonna keep doing that then you have to leave the door to the bathroom open anytime you throw up and your kids have to be right there and I was like oh my god and uh you know first of all like thank you for creating a space where I feel like I can talk about this because I know that people don't talk especially about bulimia like anorexia. So like a little more, you know, easy to touch on because bulimia is gross. It's disgusting. And, um, but it's a thing that happens to a lot of us. And, you know, especially with my work with, uh, sexual abuse survivors, mm-hmm. it's really common to develop an eating disorder and to turn to substances. Those are both coping skills. Mm-hmm. They're not healthy coping skills, but sometimes that's all we've got to turn to. And so just like, you know, talking about what serves us and what doesn't, we have to get to that place where we need to shift out of that. But uh, anyway, I just thought you might find it interesting that so it was about two months in where I was like, okay, and the way she put that, obviously, I wasn't going to do that. But it was such an eye opener to me that, wow, this is the same part of my brain that is using this eating disorder to escape and to numb out and to find relief, but it's always a shame cycle too. And I can't be living in that space if I want to move to the next phase of my life. And like so- to be
0: fully recovered, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. in the eating disorder world, we use like quasi-recovery, right? Where you might be like eating now, but you're still doing these like little disordered behaviors. And mm-hmm. for you, Blaze, it was like, okay, you weren't drinking or using substances, but you were still clinging to those eating disorder behaviors.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so as soon as I understood how linked they were and I was kind of the same part of my brain, I stopped right away. And that, that was the true freedom. It's like all of that, you know? And so there's even people in our group right now who they're there for food addiction and there are people there for codependency. Cause again, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're, we're all sharing this brain that, addicted to something and the ways that we're helping people heal you're just going to the root of healing and that's going to help free up all of that so uh jordan do you want to touch on sober curious
1: yeah yeah and and just to join in the on the conversation um a lot of people don't know about me either i struggled with binge eating disorder for like many many years and even in sobriety too because um, just like Blaze, it's like I stopped the drugs, I stopped the alcohol, I stopped taking the pills. Um, but then food is always there, right? And so I would just pack it in, pack it in, pack it in again to like to numb, slash feel safe, slash feel in control, even though it was such a disordered way that my subconscious was running, right? And so I even remember like a very, uh, like a, a moment, I remember a moment where I was sitting in my car. And I was like probably 25 days sober or less like, and I was sitting in my car and I was in the parking lot of McDonald's and I had turned off my phone's location. So no one could see that I was in the parking lot because I was so ashamed of the fact that I would go there every night and order all this food and just eat it, just pack it in. And I remember that moment of like turning off the location so no one could see me because I didn't want to feel that shame. And then writing in my journal, like, cause I'm, you know a lyricist and a songwriter. And I remember like, you know, the, just writing about how like, I, I go really intense. It's Scorpio season, I'm a Scorpio moon. Um, but I was like, the battle, like the battle's lost. The demons have won. Like I, this roulette wheel is just taking me down. And I remember like writing these lyrics and writing um, like how badly I felt and how much shame I felt over the fact that I couldn't stop eating like that was literally my next compulsion. Right again. And so, and so I like to talk a lot about like the whole, the aspect of the tree where, um, the roots of the tree are what we want to heal for actual permanent healing. Otherwise, if you try to hack off a limb of the tree, which is like a symptom you're just gonna another limb's gonna grow in its place. So for, it's like a limb of a tree is like smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, um, drinking alcohol. A limb can be um, you know taking Adderall, whatever, abusing it. Uh, a limb could be the the binge eating, the whatever the eating disorders are. And it's like you hack off these limbs. Um, for me, it was like I hacked off the sober part, and then boop, the limb of the binge eating grew more. And so it's like. When we, when we stop looking at just the limbs and we start addressing the trunk of the tree, which is that anxiety and that depression, that when that gets triggered, you know, the symptoms or the limbs grow more, what we got to do is look at the actual roots, which is lack of self-love and lack of self-confidence. And if we can heal from the root, then the tree, like the limbs just fall away Or, 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 I mean, metaphorically they bloom into healing right so it's like it's like we let's go to the root because i really believe all of these things are completely related it's the it's the root cause of lack of self-love and lack of self-confidence And if we can heal it from there that's when you are truly free truly sober truly sovereign and so the sober actually blaze and i just talked about this um the other day on our meeting we said, let's reframe the word sober because sober, like most people think it just means not drinking, but at least to blaze and I, it means so much more. It means uh, we wrote sober and sovereign for a reason because sober means like being that clear vessel uh, being able to download your truth and connect with the divine, whatever way you want to call that, right? It's allowing yourself to be fully embodied in your body, fully connected and fully authentic. And so sober can mean, yeah, no drinking, no drugs. It could mean not eating disordered, Um, you know, for the people that we have in our group right now that are struggling with food addiction, sugar addiction. It's like allowing that to dissipate and stepping into their freedom with that. And then sober curious means like, Hey, I I mean, it might be many of your listeners where they're like, Hey, I'm like interested in all of this. I don't like, I'm, I'm drawn to this conversation. This energy feels really like activating for me. I want to know more. That's kind of what sober curious is about. It's like, come on in. Like, let's, let's enjoy, um, getting to figure out what this is all about. I mean, it's all about curiosity for me. Yes. Oh my gosh, you are so
0: speaking my language right when you were like, (laughs) self love, like that is like the true freedom. I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. hell yes. Like, that's what I'm all about. So you two are doing absolutely amazing work. So why don't we hear more about your program and how it actually works? Because I think we have a good feel for kind of who it's for and who you're helping. And I think it's pretty obvious. You know, one thing that I love whenever I have guests on, and they're coaches or healers, and they have offerings of any type. It's always really amazing whenever these particular people have such an incredible background of their own, like, you know, you both have been through it. And between the two of you, you know, you have like 16 years of yeah. being sober between you both. Like that's that's incredible, you know, and to be receiving that support from both of you is just amazing. So, why don't you tell us more about your
2: program?
0: Cuz it's not like it's a group program.
2: It is. Okay. Yeah. So we decided to make it a group membership program because we do want it to be ongoing, just like a 12 step program. You know, you want to be able to really spend time developing that healing and layering the healing on top of it one, you know, week after week. And also, I just love seeing like who joins groups together at the same time. You know, I always think there's so much magic in those dynamics. And so we do weekly calls on zoom. We've got a private Facebook group and we do a monthly uh, guest speaker, which we might be begging you to come talk about human design. Cause that's on our list. We've been looking oh for someone gosh, to talk about I would love that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, we do lots of workshops. Jordan is an incredible hypnotherapist. So there's hypnotherapy sessions every month. There are tapping circles every month. Tonight I'm going to lead us through uh, a group coaching session with cord cutting and kind of reviewing all the things we've gone through them in the past month. Um, then we both pop in the Facebook group and do like Oracle card readings and whatever we're just inspired to share. So yeah. And so far like it's just a beautiful experience and I wanted to touch really quick on um, cravings because Jordan mentioned not having cravings and That was another thing that she and I both have experienced where once we got out of the day in and day out, I'm an alcoholic and you're obsessing about it. We don't, we don't think about it very often. And so that's huge. Like I haven't had a craving in nine out of the 10 years I've been sober and I work in bars, you know? And so that's, that's huge. Like that freedom exists. And I think some people are so scared to even hang out with friends that are drinkers, you know, cause they're like, what's gonna happen to me? And I'm like, you get to decide what happens to you, you know, We're, we want you to feel so empowered. And, and also with the sober curious, uh, so I'm a health coach and I went to a nutrition school. So for me, like I get pretty obsessed with the health and fitness part of life. And there was actually a book called Seven Weeks to Sobriety. And in that book, the woman, it's all about supplements. For mental health and uh, physical health, especially for alcoholics. And she talked about the man who created Alcoholics Anonymous and that he wanted to go back and add in some health information and supplements for everyone to take. And at that point, it was such an established program that they dismissed it. And they said, no, 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 what we have is working. We're just going to stick with it. And now we're like 50 years later and it's so out of date and bizarre that it's just like, but Anyway, so there's also a lot of supplements and a lot of health things that can develop when you take off a month from drinking. Mm -hmm. And so I think too, for people who are really health conscious, it's like, Hey, why don't I get sober curious, try 30, 60 days of no alcohol, join this group, do some healing during that time, see what I can release and move through, see if it is hard for me, or maybe it's easy. I'm not sure it's become just a habit. And I just think it's really fun to experiment with our own bodies. So, yes.
0: Yeah. And I'm so happy you brought up the thing about cravings and that you're actually able to work in bar settings mm-hmm. and be around like in that environment yeah. where so many people think that once they are sober, like they cannot be in yeah. those sorts of rooms. And it's kind of like similar to what I was saying about stepping on the scale in the doctor's office, right? Like we can have that freedom to do these things that we think will be these big triggers for us, Mm -hmm. but like they don't have to be right. Because that freedom exists. And you said that so beautifully. So thanks blaze. That's amazing. Ah, Are you going to add anything to Jordan or
1: Jordan? and, And that's why I shout. I mean, I know we both shout like hypnotherapy from the rooftops because it is such an amazing totally natural, holistic modality to do deep subconscious reprogramming so that, yeah, the cravings are gone. I mean, I help people stop smoking cigarettes in a three-hour session, people who have smoked for 60 plus years and they're completely free of it, completely free, no cravings. So it's like, if we can do that with your subconscious mind, it's you doing the work, I'm just guiding you, right? If you can get that empowered and that free, imagine what else is possible for yourself and your life just imagine what else is possible on the other side of that, of what's been holding you down and back all this time. And so I, I mean, that's why this group is literally made for anyone who's struggling with anything. Um, again, we mentioned like, if you're feeling like codependency or like really toxic enmeshed relationships, you want to reclaim your freedom, your sovereignty. This is for you. If you are yeah, struggling with any sort of addiction, I mean, honestly, Nowadays, like people are addicted to their phones, they're addicted to anxiety, they're addicted to negative thinking, to gossip, right? Like there's a lot, there's a lot of things out there. Anything can become an addiction. I really believe that it's all about where are we, where's the intention behind it, right? And so this, the healing that we're doing, you know, every single week, there's a healing, there's a hypnotherapy, there's a tapping circle. There's, I mean, we offer all these amazing um modalities in the group and we want to we offer it's like what do we say Blaze? high level healing at a low level cost right because it that's really what it is we're bringing like the highest caliber advanced subconscious reprogramming to the masses like we it's priced below $100 a month and we did it for a reason because we want people to to commit to themselves to say i'm worthy of healing and to get free because that's what, that's what we're committed to. Our lives are committed to that for you.
0: Amazing. And we will have all of your links linked up in the show notes for everyone. So your Instagram links, so they can go check you out on Instagram, but also a direct link to your membership. So they can just go straight there and join you. Amazing ladies there. So one last question, but for both of you before we wrap up the show, and that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? So whoever mm. wants to go first can have at it.
2: Mm, unbreakable. Oh, I love this question. I, I can't even tell you how many times I have shared with other survivors that they're not broken. And that's really important to me. I don't believe we can be broken. I I think we can get scars and wounds and suffer and feel pain, but our spirit is intact. Our soul is intact. We didn't come here just to break. We came here to rise up. We came here to evolve, to experience new things. And so for me, being unbreakable means not giving up. It means showing up for myself. It means giving back to my community Every time I help someone else, I get stronger. And so that, that's unbreakable to me.
1: I love that so much. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jordan? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just had, like, Sia playing in the background. <laughs> I'm unbreakable. And then Kelly Clarkson. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You do have a beautiful voice. I
0: forgot both of you are singers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes listen, you'll have to listen to battle cry. That's my latest release. And it's all about taking your power back. So oh yeah, unbreakable. unbreakable to me is like, yeah, I mean, everything Blaze said, and then like, we are, we're meant to, I, I guess, like bend, but never break. You know, it's like, we go through life, we go through the wild. Um, I, I like to Call life like this roller coaster, right? Because there are the ups, there are the downs, and there are the swirls where you're like, oh, my head is, (laughs) I, I don't feel, oh, my heart's in my stomach. Okay. You know, there's those moments in life that we're going through, but it's still the same ride. Like we're all on this ride together. And when some of us are, you know, it's like how many roller coasters are usually on there? Like two or three at a time, rotating through. So it's like when someone else is going through a huge peak in their lives you might be in a valley and that's okay because yeah, we're, we're here to flow and to bend, but to never break. And so again, it's like, I always think back to that scene in V for Vendetta. Okay, well there's a scene where, I believe it's Natalie Portman. Um, She is the lead actress and she's in a, like they literally have stripped her of everything. Like they're taking, um, it, they threw her in a jail cell she's completely naked. Her head is shaved. She's tattooed. And she's basically told like, look, we took away your power. Ha ha ha. You don't have it anymore. And she's sitting there and she looks at them and she goes, you can never take it from me. You can do anything you want to the outside externally, but you will never take away my power. You'll never take away my sovereignty. That's one thing you can't have. And so and then she would like write her life story on a piece of toilet paper for the next person that was there in the jail after they ended up killing her. So it's like, it was so powerful. Deep <laughs> so <stuff>. powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, they never took her power because we decide, we decide who we give our power away to. And when we figure out the key to, again, sober and sovereign, right? The key to reclaiming that sovereignty, reclaiming that radical personal responsibility, and allowing in support and allowing ourselves to receive. And that's like the key to freedom, right? And so that's kind of what Unbreakable means to me.
0: Amazing. Gosh, I could chat with you too forever. This has been one of my favorites. So thank you so much for joining me this week. Honestly, it's been so much fun.
2: You're welcome. Thank you so much for having us.